It is Free Talk Live on this special Wednesday night edition of She Talk Live, as we call it here from the Amdusia studio. Haven't done a show here in a few weeks. It's a not quite as prepared as I would like to be, but that generally is just how things go with me these days. With you tonight, it's Aria, Nikki, and Bonnie. And Trump evidently, well, let's start with what you're up to. Um, you were talking just a few minutes ago about a festival that's coming up. Yeah, so it's at Rogers Campground in August, from August 8th to the 14th. It's called the Light and Liberty Fest. Some people are also calling it Woo Fest. So it's a libertarian, anarchy-type festival that's more focused on spirituality. Um, I'm going to be teaching yoga classes there. We also have, I know Matt, one of the other co-hosts, is doing a cryptid talk. So that's like um, oh, wow. Bigfoot, you know, paranormal stuff. Um, we're going to be also doing a CE5 event, which is a group meditation where... Basically, what we're trying to do is call in a UFO. So we're going to, that's been done before. I forget the guy that created the CE5 event. I'll look it up later. But, Did it um, work? This, this guy's been doing it for years, and it has worked multiple times. So they were doing it out in the desert. But, yeah, we're going to try to do it at Rogers. So it should be a great time, August 8th through the 15th. Okay. Well, that certainly sounds like it'll be an interesting experience. I remember Matt talking about this when we were on the air at Rogers Campground um, during Fork Fest and the Porcupine yeah. Freedom Festival. Um, I'm probably not going to be able to make it because I you know, have a show to do. Oh, goodness, the mic arm just fell. So uh, that's unexpected. So anyway, uh, Bonnie, you were just talking about how Trump is looking to sue Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube over censorship. Yes. Is that right? I haven't heard anything from him, but I heard that he gave a speech recently. I didn't like see it or know where it is, but yeah, let me neither have that. I. Let me pull up that article really fast. It just had it. I know I just had it as well. And when I looked again, it was gone. Fox News has evidently posted a bunch of other stuff. They don't seem to care about Trump any longer now that he's not. I don't know. He's supposed to run again in 2024. If you want to just uh, sorry, hold it yeah, for a minute. I'll deal with it at the. Yeah. I'll deal with that at the break. Yeah, that's unexpected. I haven't seen that happen before. I guess the I've also haven't done a show with a dog here before, so she's yeah. rambunctious. <laughs> she's probably gonna fall asleep in like thirty minutes, though. Maybe. Yeah, she usually wow. does. Okay, so I found it. It's on this one is from Yahoo News. It says former President Donald Trump has filed suit against three of the country's biggest tech companies, claiming he and other conservatives have been wrongfully censored. But legal experts say the suits are likely doomed to fail, given pre-existing precedent and legal protections. I mean, yeah, it's basically a private platform, right? Facebook, YouTube, all of these social media platforms. And if they don't want you on there, then they don't have to allow you to be on there. Yeah, yeah they kind of have the right to do that if they want to. Yeah, I don't really want his suits to actually um, go anywhere and create precedent that you have to allow the U.S. president on your platforms or whatever. It is scary, I have to admit, how quickly and effectively these big tech giants moved and censored the sitting president of the United States. The most powerful person in the world got completely shut off the Internet for yeah, like within a week weeks. or so. Yeah. yeah, within weeks. It was quick. So that is kind of freaky that they were able to do that. But it's all the more reason that people should be decentralizing Absolutely. and moving to platforms that aren't controlled by you know these giant tech companies. Things like Odyssey, for example, or the Matrix server, which people can find at uh, chat.lrn.fm. 
And there's also Mastodon. Dot Free Talk Live, right? They probably both work. Oh. But uh, social.freetalklive.com is also a good, is a good Twitter alternative. We're, of course, streaming to Odyssey now, which means that our videos cannot be censored. You can find that at video.freetalklive.com. I mean, these are all ways that we have to go about circumventing the censorship that we've been hit with. Like the Free Talk Live Radio YouTube channel has two strikes against it for, quote, medical misinformation. And a third will result in the channel being permanently deleted, which loses like 10 years of content. I just can't believe it took this long. Well, the the COVID nonsense didn't exist prior to like a year ago, right? And they, they didn't really have a heavy hand until then. But once you started questioning the the government-approved narrative about COVID-19, that's when they really ramped up the censorship. Yeah, it seems like this has all been becoming worse recently within the past couple of years. Somebody made a really good point in like a tweet that went viral, and it said, so COVID-19 barely mutated at all for a whole year, but then when the vaccines come out, there's a different mutant alphabet letter every week and it's somehow the unvaccinated people's fault yeah i saw that too i was like i wonder if that's real though or if that's if all of these mutated variants of the virus if that's real or well i would imagine it's real i mean it's a cold virus and cold viruses mutate all the time that's why we've never had a vaccine against the cold but it would make sense for based on how vax um how viruses evolve that once people start vaccinating themselves against the main strains the lesser known strains would become more prominent because people aren't vaccinated against those. Yeah. So it makes sense that, you know, once the vaccination rolls out, all of these strains start evolving and becoming more prominent because they're able to get into hosts and infect them. And it doesn't seem like any of them are actually causing some big serious deal anyway. So I think you could be right. No, they're referring to the Delta strain. That's the latest one that we're supposed to be afraid of. And so this is only the fourth strain, whatever. They're referring to it as, you know, a more deadly strain of it, but that doesn't seem to be the case from what I can tell. They, they're also saying it's more contagious. That also doesn't seem to be the case from what I can tell, but who the hell knows? They, they described it as being this ultra contagious virus that, you know, could live on surface for weeks at a time. And then they were like, oh, no, it doesn't live on surfaces for weeks at yeah, a time. See, that's what I don't believe, because we're not seeing the influx of patients in the hospital with COVID. So... What we're really seeing is people with side effects from the vaccine in the hospital, you know, yeah. people with cardiovascular, um, people are getting blood clots, pulmonary embolisms. People are getting all sorts of stuff, miscarriages. It's oh, my God. And that's of- all side effects from the vaccination. It's not from COVID. From what I've seen, these side effects from getting the vaccination are significantly worse than the symptoms of the disease itself. And that that's just how crazy people are, that in order to protect themselves from this extremely mild disease, they will subject themselves to this vaccination that causes those very same symptoms, only worse. Yeah. I don't understand that. J- just get the disease and be done with it. I think we all got it here, right? And I I none of us it. are. I got it. I tested yeah, I positive it. twice for it. And I never tested. I didn't take I... a test, but based on the loss of sin- uh, loss of smell and taste, yeah. I certainly had it. I'm- Me too. It, that's that was the only real downside to having COVID-19 is that I couldn't smell or taste anything for like seven weeks. Other oh, that's that, awful. Yeah, it lasted forever. Oh, yeah, man. you had it longer than anyone I've ever heard of. I had it for like a week and a half, and it was miserable. I was like, I might as well just eat vegetables. Well, vegetables. the average is four weeks, apparently, but it can last up to six months. So I'm yeah, still on I, the shorter side of things. I pretty much had no symptoms, but I couldn't smell or taste for about a day. And that it's freaky. Yeah, I remember I was brushing my teeth, 
and I could feel like the peppermint burning, yeah. but I couldn't taste it. And that was just the weirdest sensation I've ever had. So that was I will never, the only symptom I got. Yeah, I will never get over how weird it was to just... It's it's total, right? It's not like you're, you're typical, oh, I'm sick, I'm congested, so my sense of smell isn't that great. No, this is just a total lack yeah, of, zero. of smeller taste. Yeah, it's, That's what I was trying to tell my roommate at the time, because I was up here knocking on doors for Young Americans for Liberty, and I was saying, like, seriously, like, I've sprayed perfume on my arm. I don't smell this at all. Like, I'm not saying, like, I kind of smell it less. Like, I don't smell it at all. And she was just, like, she sprayed it on herself and was like, I smell it. Like... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's unpleasant. But even then, that that was the worst of it, right? And from yeah. what I can tell, people who get the vaccine don't experience that, but they do, you know, get chills and a fever and sore throat, runny nose, all of that nonsense, which I didn't get. I was sore for like a day and tired for about a day, but after that, it was just the loss of smell or taste. And- I had a cough. Yeah, I had a little bit of a dry cough and then couldn't smell or taste for one day, and that was it. And I probably wouldn't even have known I had it if I wasn't required to get the test. Right. And I didn't. I actually told my employer that I got the test in which testing site I used, and she told me that they got a lot of false positives from that testing site. Well, as I understand it, there are a lot of false positives across the board, right? I mean, they found it in a papaya or some kind of fruit, a goat, all all kinds of nonsense. Ridiculous. But, you know, the pandemic is officially over, I'm told, so that's good news. I'm, I'm looking forward to never, ever talking about it again. What are your thoughts? 603-283-6160. More coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160, if you want to join the discussion. That's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. Nikki. And Bonnie. And I'm working on eliminating some random issues that just appeared. Uh, that, that mic arm apparently sucks, and luckily I have a replacement here, but it's going to take me more than four minutes to get that sorted out. So, Bonnie, you just found an interesting story. Something about swingers, right? Oh, okay. You want to move to that one? I can pull that up. Yes. Well, it's more fun than Trump and his <laughs> Much more fun. Yeah, and that, that first sentence basically told us all we need to know. He is suing them, and nobody thinks it's going to work. It probably won't. He's suing Facebook and Twitter and I think some other places, maybe YouTube. But this article from The Sun, oh, no, I think The Sun is the one that we had with um, Dogecoin Poppy. Do you remember that? I don't. I don't remember that. <laughs> Me, you, and Angie covered this story, Arya. It was... Um, oh, yes, I do remember that. Uh, it was supposedly a lady put a gun up to a guy during <laughs> sex and said that he had to give her all his... Oh, her all his Dogecoin. Yeah, it's all coming back to me now. I remember that. <laughs> but I don't think that was real. But I think the sun is the same, but we can, we'll can find out if this is crazy or not. I don't think it's the sun. I think the sun is just a right-wing website if i recall correctly okay this one says it's from uk news it says something to moan about furious locals complain villages peace and quiet shattered by screaming and moaning from swingers festival (laughs) this has to be a troll oh my goodness that's hilarious furious locals complain that their village's peace and quiet was shattered by screaming and moaning oh it just repeats it 400 swingers took part in a four-day sex fest that included a mobile dungeon and bondage de- or demos. I almost said demons. Bondage that demons. That too. <laughs> Four, 
okay, it repeats it again. Oh my goodness. Yeah, this is definitely not a real article, unfortunately. It's going to be like that uh, that Dogecoin poppy or whatever it was. <laughs> it is See? amusing, though. It, it says, is. The happy campers descended on fields <laughs> near Grantham, Lincolnshire, on Friday to take part in Swingathon, which was almost canceled last week after organizers claimed it was too much hassle. Sounds professional. It's almost canceled a week before. Well, how hard could it really be to organize a <laughs> festival for swingers, right? I have no idea. Says Hot Tubs, a naked singer, fetish demos, and a Miss and Mr. Swingathon 2021 competition was on offer for kinky guests for a 200 euro dollar. I mean, 200 euro ticket. I almost said 200 euro dollar ticket. Sounds a little bit like pork fest. <laughs> it does. does Hot it? Tub, I mean, naked people. The Porcupine Freedom seems- Festival used to have a sex dome way back in the day. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Never heard of that. <laughs> I, it was never there for any of the years that I went. Did Ian go? I, it was never there for any years that I went. But as I hear it, uh, there was never anyone in there that you would have wanted to have fun with. So. Yeah, I could imagine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Couples- but they, they should take a cue from Forkfest, though. If they don't want to organize it, that's fine. Just don't. Just don't. Yeah, just have people show up and yeah. everybody will figure it out. It's pretty straightforward. I'm pretty sure they could figure it out. It, it, it can't be complicated, at the very least, to arrange one of these things. Unless you're trying to micromanage it but why even bother just just rent out the space and let people have a good time yep says couples could also enjoy adults bouncy castles which i don't know how you make those adults well i guess maybe by being naked just by being naked yeah i guess any bouncy castle could be an adult bouncy castle if you were naked I don't know that you'd have to just put an adult in there, and then by definition, oh, I see what you mean. An adult mousy castle, right? <laughs> oh, okay. I was just thinking adult, so sexual. I don't know why. A mobile dungeon, a wet t-shirt competition, and sleep in a four-person yurt. Okay. All said to be that's like a tent, compliant. right? Yes, there's somebody that we know that lives in a yurt. Every time I mention him, Ian says, "Oh, the guy that lives in a yurt," and all said. I didn't know anyone lived in a yurt, I, but I'm not 100% sure what a yurt is. It's like um, a type of like, it's not a teepee, but it's like something that people would build back in like, you know, before America days. I'm pretty sure in the United States or maybe in like Asia. It's okay. Like you can make it out of leaves and stuff, but I don't know if that guy's yurt is made of leaves. Okay. It says the what's on guide for the adult only camp planned from Thursday to Sunday lists other activities such as face painting, burlesque, cigar bars, and a Lincoln Park tribute band. That's a bizarre choice, <laughs> right? That is kind of making it sound like a joke again, a joke video. Well, I'm pretty sure the whole thing is a joke, but <laughs> it's amusing nonetheless. Just, I mean, the, the Dogecoin poppy thing was a joke, too. I mean, we didn't realize at the time. We suspected it was fake, but... It was amusing, though. It was. This is kind of creepy. It says ticket holders were only given the location after booking and can only leave for emergency reasons, according to information provided online. Well, presumably you could leave, but then they wouldn't let you come back. That that would be my guess. Otherwise, it's sort of kidnapping to be like, yeah, you can't yeah, it leave. Sounds like it. That's illegal. But they do. I don't know if this article is a joke or not, but they do really have things like this. The swinger swingers resorts and. You know, yeah, there was a and, there know. was a club in Memphis, Tennessee that was notorious for that. I mean, it was a swingers club essentially, and uh, you had to sign a release form and all sorts of stuff before you could even enter. 
Oh, man. <laughs> so, I mean, these things certainly exist. Yeah. There's always, I'm always hearing stories about hotels being rented out for furry, uh, furry, not competitions. Yeah, furry con or yeah, whatever Yeah, conventions. They call it. There we go. Um, it says, according to the Swingathon website, there was also a BDSM demo, a sweet bar, outdoor cinema, and clay pigeon shooting. Pigeon shooting. That's so random. What the that, heck? That is. It's like, okay, we have all of this stuff that's related to swinging. Oh, but we're also shooting clay pigeons. Yeah, that's really weird. That's bizarre. See, that is too much hassle to organize. Just have it rooms where people can have sex with other people's wives. Are furries swingers? No, I was just saying, uh, if furries can have comp. They seem like they would be. They probably are. Swinging doesn't even seem like that much of a fetish to me. It just seems like, I don't know, people that have sex while they're married. I know people like that. Yeah, like people or like poly. A lot of people are poly. Yeah, well, but it seems a little bit different than that. Well, I think I really know. S- swinging is just about the sex versus poly, which is about the More relationship. More like relationship, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I would characterize myself as poly, but I'm not a swinger. And I wouldn't want to be. I mean, it's not the life I want to live. Is there more of this? There is, and it's just talking about what happened there. Nothing, nothing crazy happened. It sounds happened. like nothing actually yeah. happened there, but, you know, they are trying to emulate the Babylon Bee or the Onion or something, so they're just making stuff up, which is fine. It does say that everyone was asked to take a test. Okay, like a STI test? It doesn't even say. It just says a test. Well, hopefully it was an STI test, and I mean, obviously none of this actually happened, in all likelihood, at least not here. It probably happened somewhere in the world over the weekend. Is that what they're alleging here, that this happened on the 4th of July weekend and it made people upset because suddenly there were people there? It must have been the 4th of July weekend because this was written on July 6th. And I guess the the thing that it never got into was the furious locals complaining about their peace and quiet being shattered by screaming and moaning. From yeah, I want to know more about the locals. Never brought that up again. I just kind of scrolled through it. Well, the locals were probably going to have their good time interrupted by fireworks and stuff like that anyway, given that it's the 4th of July weekend. I mean, even here in Keene, where you have to have a permit, I think, to shoot fireworks, people were blasting them off left and right. Yeah, Coconut was so annoyed this first day, and the second day was fine, because there was like a bunch of people over. Azria handled it really well. I was at the bar with her, and she just, she never flinched any nail. But of course, you know, the first day that she knew me, she was basically at a festival, so she's used <laughs> to loud noises. More coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. When Monster Hunter International discovers one of Isaac Newton's wardstones being auctioned off, they decide to steal it and use it to destroy the Chaos God once and for all. But a mysterious thief upends their plan, and it soon becomes a race against time as something much older and infinitely more evil awakens in the jungles of South America. Monster Hunter Bloodlines by New York Times bestselling author Larry Correa and Bane Books. Visit MonsterHunterNation.com for more. It is Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control, 603-283-6160. You're welcome to join in the discussion, talk about whatever is on your mind. With you tonight, it's Aria, Nikki, and Bonnie. And we were just talking about uh, this bizarre article from The Sun, but it seems to be fake. Um, it's It was very weird and very peculiar, and the actual topic of the article didn't actually have anything to do with what they what with they the called title. the article yeah. but this 
that's pretty standard for clickbait. And I mean, that's essentially what this was, was clickbait. But you also mentioned California during the break and some attempt to hold gun manufacturers legally liable, meaning they can be sued over gun owners. So it says California City, which is San Jose, to make gun owners carry liability insurance, pay gun violence fee. Okay, so their their plan to deal with gun violence is to make peaceful people pay more money. Yes. Essentially. Who who wrote this article? I mean, what what journal is it on? The Washington Times. Okay. Well, let's get into it. Well, actually before we do that, let's go to the phones. We've got Jessica calling from Missouri, I believe. Jessica, you're on Free Talk Live. I wanted to tell you about the protocols for getting the COVID shot that I found out when I was at the um, the Walgreens earlier today. It's like, okay. um, yeah, you go in there and you give them your ID and your medical card because I guess it's covered under your medical card. And then, um, and then you... You have to fill out about five pages of forms, and oh my uh, god! And and yeah, it's like and and I didn't even get to the forms. It was such a hassle. And then then after you get the shot, I had to wait like a half hour just to get the shot because there were people ahead of me. And after you get the shot, you had to stay in the pharmacy within view of the pharmacist for another twenty five minutes. Well, they watch you, I guess, to make sure you don't keel over and die. I don't, I don't know. It's yeah, stupid, that's pretty standard. It's to make sure people don't but, have, you know, adverse reactions, right? Yeah, it's not standard for regular vaccines, but for the COVID shot, I think they're doing that everywhere where you have to stay for 15 to 30 minutes afterwards. Yeah. Well, so did you, so you got the shot. Was this, your, was this your first or your second COVID vaccine? It was going to be my first, but I decided against it because, you know, I, I had a cab driver out there waiting for me and running the meter, and it's like, um, yeah, I'm, I could afford it, but I figured um, this is just too much hassle. Besides, I don't trust the, the vaccine anyway, so I figured I'd just skip it. But So I if you don't trust it, then why were you going to get it? I'm not going to get it. But you were considering getting it, correct? Yeah, I was considering getting it. I thought, well, you know, Biden's running his mouth about how, you know, he's going to go have the federalities come knocking on everybody's door with a needle and say, um, okay, maybe I should just go get this, this stinking thing and then I don't have to worry about it. But I'm thinking, you know, I, I don't think so. I'm yeah, I've seen rumors about, I've seen rumors about, you know, Joe Biden having agents of the federal government going door to door. I've got an article about that that I want to get into tonight because I haven't actually looked into it. But are they actually planning to do this? Are they actually planning to have agents of the federal government going door to door asking people to get vaccinated? I think I so. I mean, I, haven't, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I haven't read not. exactly what it is, but I keep seeing like pictures of that redheaded lady that's one of his uh, like press people. Um, yeah, do you know who I'm talking secretary. about? I have no idea who you're talking about. Yeah, she's a redheaded lady. I have no idea what her name is. But I keep seeing pictures of her, and it says like a quote of her saying, we're going to have people going door to door to help people uh, who, you know, in the in the less vaccinated areas of the country. 
But are they forcing people to get it or just offering it? I think they're just like basically advertising it. Jessica, thank you so much for the call tonight. Well, let's get into the article I have about Joe Biden going door to door. If I can find it, I've only got a million tabs open. <laughs> so the White House is defending their door to door vaccination push amid backlash. There is understandable, you know, backlash. I, I, I don't want the federal government knocking on my door for any reasons, much Absolutely less not. to ask me to inject something into my body. They, they can get the hell out. Thank you. Well, they do. They go door to door and ask you if you've taken the census and then start asking you questions without, you know. Well, they do that, reason. but I never answered the door. I accidentally answered the door because this lady was so short. I was looking out the hole. What is that thing called? I don't know. The, the people. The people. And I was like, oh, it must be a package. I opened the door and there's like a really super short lady there and I had to just like like really nicely tell her I didn't want to talk to her. Wait, no, I did talk to her. Sorry, I I did talk to her, but I really didn't want to and I told her I wouldn't answer things about my husband. Yeah, I don't blame you. And I accidentally closed the article that I was just looking at. Kind of messed up because like they can ask you, like, can I uh, ask you some questions about yourself? But it shouldn't be okay for them to say can i ask you questions about somebody who lives here who isn't here physically well it's a complete invasion of privacy the whole thing yeah either way yeah pull up a new one no i've got an article here so the white house wednesday sought to clarify its new door-to-door coronavirus vaccine push amid fresh criticism from the right that the home visit approach is government overreach Well, I don't know if it's necessarily government overreach because they're not mandating anything they're just going door to door but at the same time they, they're not allowed on my property without a warrant. And coming up to my door and knocking is trespassing. How do they have, like, records of everybody who's been vaccinated and who hasn't? I imagine they don't in a lot of states. I know New Hampshire isn't keeping a record, if I recall correctly, but a lot of states like Massachusetts probably are. They probably do have some statewide database of people who have been vaccinated. Creepy. Scary, though, that is. So White House Pre- Press Secretary Jen Psaki, I guess, stressed Wednesday that no one from the federal government will be showing up at America's doors mandating coronavirus vaccinations. No, they're not mandating it. They're just gently persuading that you get the vaccine. Yeah, it's kind of sad that the lady who just called said that that was the thing that convinced her to maybe go consider it, even if she eventually considered against it. It shouldn't be like that's like a threat. I mean, people should have complete complete autonomy over their own bodies. The government shouldn't be making decisions for you or trying to convince you to get an experimental vaccine. This thing has not been tested enough. No, I mean, the test is ongoing right now on the American public. Yeah, this is the test. And I certainly have no desire to get it. But again, that's because I've had COVID-19 and it just really wasn't that big a deal. Rather, the personal visits President Biden announced Tuesday are designed to share information on vaccinations as the White House aims to still reach its 4th of July goal of having 70% of the adult population jabbed. That is a lot of people getting this vaccine. What we're trying to do here at the federal government is protect the American people and save lives, Saki told CNN's New Day on Wednesday. The door-to-door push is designed to inform people in less vaccinated pockets of the country about where to get the shot and address their concerns. So they're not actually going door-to-door with the shot. They're just going to door, going door-to-door to tell you where you can get the shot. That does make me feel a little better knowing that a government agent isn't showing up at people's door with a needle going, hey, let me, let me jab you with this. Let's see what happens. It's so funny because Ian's really not that worried about it. He's not going to get the shot, but he's not like, you know, scared of it or something. 
but he had a dream like a few weeks ago that like somebody was coming up to him with a needle and like backing him into a wall and like was going to stab him with this needle. And then last night he had a dream that he was like in a house that he didn't really know. And Jazzy, his do- his dog that's now dead, was there. But this was a dream. And somebody was like pointing a needle and backing her into a wall, like threatening her with the needle. I was like, oh, my God, why, why are you having such creepy vaccine dreams? That is weird. So they're, they're trying to spread information. It's up to every individual to decide whether they're going to get vaccinated, she continued. Amid, amid the administration's ongoing concerns of a surge of the more contagious Delta variant of the virus, Biden pitched his plan to boost the vaccinated population during remarks he made on Tuesday. Now we need to go community by community, neighborhood by neighborhood, and oftentimes door to door, literally knocking on doors. How good is this vaccine? How necessary is it? If they have to go door to door asking people to get it, what are your thoughts? Are we out of line or is the Biden administration out of line? 603-283-6160. There's more coming up. This is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. You can join the discussion, talk about whatever's on your mind, 603-283-6160. Now, we're talking about the Biden administration here, the White House, and the Biden administration's plan to send federal government employees door-to-door asking you if you want to get the vaccine and instructing you, you know, just in case you live in an area where there's no internet access whatsoever for you to look online. Where can I get the vaccine? They're going to come and tell you. Are there any such places really in the United States where someone can't just look it up? Because I'm from Mississippi, rural Mississippi at that. And we, we still had Facebook and Google and stuff there. <laughs> and we all know Facebook and Google are pimping it. They, they really, in, really out. are, man. Any post about COVID-19 whatsoever has that little thing on the bottom of it on yep. Facebook saying, hey, here's some vaccine information. Hey, I don't care, Facebook. Even the pop-ups on the top on Instagram, too, doing the same thing. I am grateful for Facebook's extremism thing because it caused all the libertarians on Facebook to change their profile border to, you know, promoting extremism, extremist content or whatever, which meant they finally got rid of the one that said, I don't care whether or not you're vaccinated. Well, you you cared enough to make that your profile pic. So you clearly care some. I don't have a Facebook, so that's the first I've heard of that, and that sounds really annoying. I do have a Facebook because that's where my largest reach is, and I use Facebook Messenger to keep in touch with several people. So when when I was asked, you know, you can have one of these social media sites. Oh, God, it's raining, and my top is down on my convertible, and I can't deal with it until the break. Do you want us to just keep talking while you go outside? No, it'll be fine. That I mean, sucks. It, it takes, uh, yeah, it'll be It didn't be okay. even seem like it was going to rain when we came in. It, oh, wait, yeah, it was sprinkling. I didn't even think about your car, though. It did seem earlier today like it was going to rain. I mean, it'll be sunny tomorrow, and with the top down, it'll dry out in an hour. But, uh, man, it's really coming down out there, and I'm just sitting here thinking about my convertible just getting soaked. Dang, and that sucks. Yeah, it does suck. I had to go next door and get my phone, so I wasn't even really thinking. I was just like, oh, I don't want to be late. So obviously people are pushing back against this. Uh, how about don't knock on my door? You're not my parents. You're the government. Make the vaccine available and let people be free to choose. Why is that concept so hard for the left? 
Now, I don't even know that the government made it available. And I saw this earlier today. I asked the question on Facebook a day or two ago about anything good that the government had ever actually done. And one person said, well, they made this, they rolled out this vaccine faster than any other vaccine in human history or whatever. Okay, but did the government really do that? Or did Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson & Johnson do that? And is that necessarily a good thing that they didn't really test it? I mean, there's long-term side effects of any medication and any vaccination that you take. So in a lot of trials for medications and vaccinations go on for 10, 20 years before wow. that medication or whatever is actually rolled out. So was that a good thing? Even controversial GOP Georgia representative Marjorie Taylor Greene. Good God, do they have to introduce her that way? Made another Nazi comparison. I really wish people would stop making Nazi comparisons. Compare in, in opposing Biden's vaccine push, saying Biden pushing a vaccine that is not FDA approved shows COVID is a political tool used to control people. People have a choice. They don't need your medical brown shirts showing up at their door, ordering vaccinations. You can't force people to be part of the human experiment. You know, this just shows how many people in the United States really enjoy being told what to do. And, and there's an article that was in our uh, Telegram chat that I thought about reading. And it says um, the United States, like a, a poll shows that more people are happy now because after the pandemic and after the, you know, restrictions and everything, it seems like they got restricted and then the government gave them it, their restriction or their freedom back. And now they're like, oh, I'm so happy now. I'm so happy to have my freedom back that the government took away last year. Nobody can give you freedom except for yourself. And Malcolm once X. people realize that, then they'll truly be happy. Yes. Yeah, but see, it, it is relative, right? Um, like when I was in jail, I had no freedom whatsoever and it sucked. And then I came out, I was like, oh my God, I'm free again. And I was significantly happier after being out of jail than I was in jail. So it makes us, it's depressing that people are looking at it that way. But at the same time, yes, I'm happier now than I was in jail. And but, people are happier now when they're not dealing with the lockdowns and the antisocial masking and all of that. But are they happier now than they were in like 2019? Because that is crazy. I mean, probably not, but they can't think that far back because they're stupid because they're processed foods. Well, and you know how people always say you can't experience true happiness without experiencing sadness. It's kind of the same thing. You know, you can't experience that. I need you to move of, closer to the mic. You can't experience that freedom that feeling of freedom without having it taken away for most people, I guess. So Saki cited positive outreach in states like Florida, Mississippi, and other pockets of the country with lower vaccination rates. She said local officials are just providing information on where people can get access to a vaccine, how it's free. But who is paying for it if it's free? I mean, these vaccines have to be expensive, right? Is I think the, that the states are paying for them to be brought into their states, which means you're paying for them. <laughs> She said local officials are just providing information and they can take time off from work to get the shot. Well, a lot of these, I mean, if these places are poor, as they're saying, then they can't afford that time off, but not that they care. She defended the personal outreach and said the White House will continue that approach. We're going to continue to deploy the tactics that we've seen effective over the last few months. Now, I can't imagine it's going over very well in the state of Mississippi for the federal government to be sending for Biden administration representatives to be going door to door. Hey, have you gotten the vaccine? Slam. It may be successful in, in some communities, but by and large, that's not going to help in Mississippi. And again, 
being from Mississippi, these people do have internet access, right? It's it's not like they're living out in the woods in cabins and you know living like an Amish person or whatever. They do have internet. If they want the vaccine, they can go online and Google it. Yeah, we're just paying these government officials a per diem and a lunch to go out knocking in neighborhoods. That's all we're doing. Yeah, and of course they're going to continue doing it because that's what they do. And it's it's appalling that people are even considering this. Um, I don't know what side effects the vaccine has in the long run. I've seen the side effects in the short term, and they're basically just you have COVID-19 for several days, and it sucks, and it's significantly worse than what you probably would have gotten if you had COVID-19. And then you're back to normal, supposedly immune to it, but not necessarily immune to the Delta strain. It's unclear. The Johnson & Johnson, for whatever it's worth, seems to protect against the Delta strain, but the other two don't. So what use is your vaccine if it's not helping in the first place and a new strain, just like the common cold, will evolve and you're susceptible to it? Yeah, and a lot of people get the vaccine and then test positive for covid like a couple months later, so... Zero point to that. I mean, people who have been getting vaccinated are dying. I have an article somewhere about this, but you, there, there's, still, there's, there's still a possibility of dying from COVID-19. Presumably, some of these people wouldn't have died if they hadn't had the vaccine. I don't know, but that's just an accurate... It's just as accurate to say that as it is to say that COVID-19 vaccination has prevented people from... But, I mean... Hey, not sure what uh, has happened there to our feed from the remote studio. Maybe uh, they will be joining us back here in a moment. It it is raining here in Keene, and so possibly they got themselves disconnected, and that's what that little ding-dong noise, I think, actually means. So uh, I imagine I will be filling in here for a short period of time until we can get the remote folks back online with us. Uh, I can give you the phone number at 603-283-6160. Everything's still working fine here at the main Free Talk Live studios. It's 603-283-6160. That's how you can join me here in the studio tonight. Um, you know, I don't even, I don't even know what's in the news today, uh, but there's Aria. There she is. Okay, so we were able to successfully reconnect yeah, for whatever that's you're, worth. You're okay. still on the air. Okay, we weren't weird. for a second. Oh, wow. It disconnected yeah, on weird. this end, and then it... Yes, I know you weren't. Would, <laughs> that's yeah. why I was talking on the microphone. <laughs> yeah, we, I we didn't hear I you until so, like, the last, the first thing you that's said you were before disconnected. you started talking to Aria. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah. Very weird, but we're connecting again now. So, All right, uh, I'll pull up some show yeah. prep here just in case it happens again. <laughs> okay, that's probably a good idea. That was bizarre because yeah. the internet stayed functioning on my end. It stayed functioning on your end, but Mumble just disconnected and then wouldn't let me reconnect. Weird. I have I no idea know. why. And then it successfully reconnected on its own. So, whatever. Just well, we're back. Weird Ian, tech issues. Get out of here. It's She okay, Talk Live. <laughs> <laughs> He's welcome to stay, I guess. <laughs> no boys allowed. It, that was weird. It's a weird day, man. And it's so annoying. I got to go deal with my car now because it's out there getting soaked. I don't even want to go out there because it's raining so hard, but it's going to be a good time. More coming up here from Free Talk Live. You're welcome to join, even if you are a male. Disregarding what Bonnie says, 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. 
After a devastating war, the alien visitors were driven back and their willing human collaborators were left behind to face the music. When Emma Jean Anderson's ex-lover springs her from prison, Nathan Foster and his 14-year-old nephew Ben are tasked with bringing the pair to justice. An easy enough job until they discover something is inside Emma Jean and the fate of the planet hangs in the balance. The Family Business by Mike Coopery from BaneBooks.com. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. Talk radio that you control. That means you can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. 603-283-6160 is the number to do that. That's 603-283-6160. With you tonight, it's Aria. Nikki. And Bonnie. And I'm now cold and wet. But I did, you know, get the top up on my convertible, so that's good. And just in time for it, apparently, to stop raining. So, yay for that. But I want to tell you about Freedom's Phoenix. It's your source for all news, economic news, government overreach, insane government spending, and more. Get today's headlines all in one place from a fresh libertarian perspective. You can find this and more at freedomsphoenix.com. That's freedomsphoenix with an S. Uh, sorry, freedoms with an S, phoenix.com. Now, I've had this story up for a few days, and I've been wanting to get into it, but you know, we ended up talking about other stuff each night. Yale is offering a course comparing the U.S. prison system to those of Soviet Union, Nazi Germany, and Communist China. Now, Ian suggested Monday night that I read the book Gulag Archipelago, and I started reading it Tuesday morning. I got like 12, 13% through it. I, I don't know the exact page count. And it's hard. It is. But what, what is described in the Gulag Archipelago is drastically different from the U.S. prison system. I mean, the U.S. prison system is bad, yes, but... It sounds like Yale doesn't know their history. I don't think I hate many things uh, more than the U.S. prison system, but I can totally agree that it was a lot worse in the gulags. It it was. And, I mean, it was worse in the gulags than it was in Nazi Germany concentration camps. Wow. I mean, the Nazi Germans would at least release people. It actually told a story about this guy who was held both in a Nazi concentration camp where they interrogated him. And they ultimately released him after, I think, six weeks. I don't recall the exact time frame. And then he found his way back home to Russia, where he was put in a gulag and tortured until he told them whatever the gulag overseers wanted to hear versus the Nazis who were actually trying to get the truth from him about whether or not he was a spy. So however bad the Nazis were, the Soviet government was significantly worse. So starting this fall, Yale University will be offering a course comparing prison systems in the United States, the Soviet Union, Nazi Germany, and Communist China in the 20th century. Led by Professor of History Timothy Snyder and Professor of Philosophy Jason Stanley, mass incarceration in the Soviet Union and the United States sets out to investigate the role that mass incarceration played in both superpowers during the latter half of the 20th century. Okay, so they're not comparing the conditions. They're comparing the prison apparatus itself that you know america the united states it does have the largest prison population in the world that was probably true of russia during the soviet union's existence incarceration 
is central to the understanding, if not usually to the self-understanding of a society, reads a course description. It is thus a crucial aperture into basic questions of values and practices. It sounds like that that that's really vague about what the course is actually going to be about. That's not much of a description. It's kind of interesting, though, because as much as it's um, very different than the stuff that's described in the Gulag Archipelago, um, the, the United States prison system, there are some things that can be compared. Like, for example, people probably act a certain way in American society because of the threat of going to prison is so real. It is. Reading for the course will include first-person accounts from the Gulag and American prison, as well as scholarly works on mass incarceration. The course will also take account of prison systems in Nazi Germany and communist China. Any any authentic comparison of the American prison system to the gulag system of Soviet Russia should be very quick and to the point. The gulags were significantly worse because you don't generally not not in prisons. You don't generally have to worry about the guards, you know, knocking your teeth out, putting cigarettes on you or forcing you to sit on a pole for 12 hours a day. Not in American prisons, at least. There's certainly no walk in the park. But anyone who would perpetuate the idea that they're remotely comparable has never read about what a gulag was actually like. Plus, in the United States, in Soviet Russia, the maximum sentence you could get was a, at least where I'm at in the book, was 25 years in the gulag. And they would just arbitrarily give that to people, which is not what the American government is doing. The gulag system operated entirely outside of the criminal court system of Soviet Russia. It, it was just its own separate thing, similar to how the China Chinese government is treating the Uyghur Muslims. Mm. They're not there because they committed any sort of criminal act. They're there outside of the judicial system entirely. It's completely outside of the prison system entirely. The United States, at least as yet, does not have one of these extrajudicial prison systems into which they're carting large numbers of people. In the United States, people who are in prison are there because they're at least alleged to have actually committed a crime. Whether they're guilty or innocent, whether the jury system failed them, I don't know. But the there is a charge there versus the gulag or the Uyghurs where they're like, oh, no, you had a prayer mat. So you're going to you're going to the re-education camp or in the case of Soviet Union, they're like, oh, you just happened to know someone who happened to know someone who traveled to a foreign country. And now you're going to the gulag. Wow, the fact you say that about them going into the concentration camps for having a prayer mat in China right now, it's kind of crazy that American Christians aren't, you know, as outraged as they are because I grew up always being told stories about how one day it would be possible that I could uh, have to hide a Bible in the rafters of my house or something like that because police would come around and... uh, I was told the, the same Christian nonsense. Bible, yeah. with really? Bibles? I've never heard yeah, it, that so, so. I don't remember how old I was, but I couldn't have been more than like seven or eight years old. And I had my father standing there telling me, you know, one day the government's going to come here and they're going to put a sword to your throat. They're going to ask me if I believe in God and I'm going to say yes. And they're going to slit your throat in front of me. That's what my father said to me when I was like eight years old. That's crazy. They are absolutely crazy. Yeah. They are full. I mean, my, my family, though, they, they're special, even for Southern Baptists. They had actual... Uh, camps and what, what the word, bunkers built for the Y2K thing because my uncle was convinced that the Antichrist was going to use the Y2K bug because computer binary code is 666, they said, because they're idiots. They don't know what they're talking about. They 
they, their their pastor says a thing, and they assume the pastor knows what he's talking about, and the pastor has no idea what he's talking about, but he's their pastor, so they believe him. And next thing you know, they have bunkers that are fully stocked with automatic rifles, and it's just totally crazy what these people believed. So while most people celebrated the millennium, you know, out at parties and stuff like that, we were hunkered down in one of these bunkers waiting on the world to end. Wow. Yeah, they're, they're nuts. But I know a lot of people that thought something was going to happen, Y2K, like the computers were going to stop working and, the, and you know, Well, certainly some stuff. things happened, but the only thing that I know from personal experience happened was like the local video store back when you could actually rent cassette tapes, video cassette tapes and all of that. Like their date system defaulted to 1973 or 1983 or something. And that was it. So, I mean, a lot of people did work hard to update the software so that it wasn't using the two-digit date format. But still, the end of the world certainly didn't happen. And they were convinced that it was. And now they they no longer seem to be concerned about it. Nobody is up in arms. Well, I don't, I don't want to say nobody. There might be some people. But I've never heard of anybody in the Christian South or, you know, Christian America up in arms because people are getting put into concentration camps in China over owning a prayer mat. But, you know, Muslims don't matter. Yeah, it's not their religion, so a lot of them just don't care. That would be my message to any Christians who are listening, that that stuff that you were afraid was going to happen to you, it's happening to Muslims in China right now. That they're being thrown into prison for having prayer mats or for demonstrating any belief whatsoever. And inside these prisons, I don't remember exactly the specifics, but they're basically required to renounce their religion because the Chinese state government is, like all states, a religious organization and it wants to be the supreme religion in China. And obviously, someone believing in a different god, a different supreme being, is just not acceptable to them. So what religion are they supposed to have? The state religion. In what Worshipping the state. Uh, Jinping, or whatever his name is, the president, as their god, basically. The, their ultimate provider, the one who gives them everything. I don't recall the exact mantra that they were supposed to say, but it was basically just that. That, hey, your president is your god. Wow. That is so freaky. It is, but I mean, that's just that's just the Chinese government laying bare the state religion that all governments op- operate on. Like, the United States government is no different. It's just a little bit more subtle. What are your thoughts? 603-283-6160. You're welcome to weigh in on the discussion or talk about whatever's on your mind. 603-283-6160. It is Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. If you want to join the discussion, that's 603-283-6160. And with you tonight, it's Aria. Nikki. And Bonnie. And I want to tell you about Bitcoin.com, because if for some reason you still haven't learned anything about Bitcoin, this is the place to go. Just click Getting Started up at the top, and there's a number of short videos there that will step you through on the basics, because this is world-changing information. It's already changed the world, and... The sooner you get into it, the better. And if you already know about it, check out news.bitcoin.com to stay up to date on all the news that's relevant to you, all on a sleek and easy-to-use website. That's bitcoin.com. Definitely prior to March the 16th, probably the website I visited more than any other simply because, you know, I like to know what's going on in the cryptocurrency world, and they stay on top of it. So check it out, bitcoin.com. Well, we were talking about crazy Christians and how they're, I mean, 
at least the the my Christian family they, they're crazy. And but, Mine too. yeah, it sounds like Bonnie, your experience is very similar. And but you know, it would be a good idea for these people to actually evaluate what's happening to the Uyghur Muslims in China and treat it like the Holocaust that it is. But before we get into that, let's go back. Let's go to Jordy, who's listening on KFPW, your own Free Talk Live. Wonderful. Hey, guys. Uh, first time caller, actually. First time to get through. So thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Welcome. What's on your mind tonight? Thank you. Um, just wanted to call in. I'm actually somebody that would consider myself to be a relatively hardcore progressive. Uh, but I love listening to this show because you guys will cover a range of topics. Uh, and I was particularly interested in this um, sort of concept of a state-sponsored religion where uh, one upholds very specifically a certain uh, person in the government or otherwise an organization in that sense as, quote-unquote, a god. Um, I was wondering... uh, Sorry, go ahead. Look at what the American government really is. Uh, It's represented with all of these flags, these emblems. It has its songs. It has its chants, the Pledge of Allegiance, for example. Holy days. Hymns, holy days, and... Its own churches, which are basically courtrooms. I mean, if you look at the interior of a courtroom and compare it to the interior of a church, the only difference is that the church has crosses while the courtroom has different symbols of its religion. Yeah, but there's still a robed man coming out. There are honest to God pews. The, the whole illusion there is absolutely a religion. You know, people believe in the government as something that's greater than them, something that's looking out for them, something that's providing for them, taking care of them. In the same way that people look to a deity. Absolutely. Uh, and it's, it's extremely interesting to phrase it that way when you consider the very ritualistic aspect of those more constructed organizations as well. But uh, what I wanted to step quickly outside of this main discussion real quick to sort of touch on would be um, the idea that the government, uh, the United States government specifically, would be using the very recent... Um, some people will know this as UFO, but the, the terminology that we're seeing nowadays is UAP and unidentified aerial phenomena. Um, right. I have a lot of very close, as we would say, crazy Christian relatives um, that see this as one of two things, uh, an instrument of control by the government to force people into, a, um, I guess, not necessarily, a, well, I guess, an ego state, like a, a, a youthful state of mind that makes them dependent on answers or otherwise an incursion by Satan with demons with his far advanced technology. I'm uh, very familiar with I, this. I, yeah, is anybody familiar with this? What's going on in the government right now? Them talking about all of that? Well, I had someone, I don't recall who, recommend Project Bluebeam, I think is what it was called uh, to me. And it's about a hundred pages long. It's a really short book. I was able to read most of it in a night. And it's basically just this lunatic Christian without any evidence whatsoever making these claims that the U.S. government is going to stage an alien invasion so that they can take control. And, you know, they're working with the Antichrist and all of that. So I wouldn't recommend the book to anyone. I mean, it's certainly a perspective. But there's absolutely yeah. no evidence whatsoever to back it. I've heard a lot of people talking about stuff like that. It yeah. wouldn't put it... Pa- I mean, but, you know, Project Bluebeam did say that this was going to happen. And now people are talking about seeing that the U.S. government is coming out saying, oh, yes, these unidentified aerial phenomena are real, and we, we think they might be extraterrestrials. The head of NASA said that. 
I mean, maybe, yeah. maybe well, uh, the book isn't they wrong. Don't, they don't want to discount it. Right. They, they don't want to discount the possibility. Uh, they, they don't want to say, they know it's not China or Russia, but they also don't want to say that it is or isn't uh, a potential extraterrestrial presence. And so uh, I kind of, I just wonder typically how deeply the Christian community digs into something like this, because while, while I would consider myself a Christian, I, I definitely come from an evangelist background. Um, I, I don't really tie very closely to that identity at all. And to me, the technology that we're seeing, the ramifications, rather, of the technology that we're seeing, uh, actively viewing, actively monitoring in the air, doing things that we cannot possibly hope to achieve with our current level of technology, what, what do we think that the ramifications of something like this is going to be on our society? And how do we feel like this is going to cross over into those people who would be, you know, freaking out about Y2K, the people that are doomsday preppers. Like, have you heard anything about this in, in these communities that is uh, sparking any kind of freak out, I guess, like a bug out, you know, grab your I have not. I mean, I need you to mute us however you're listening to us, but I have not heard anything like that. But then again, I'm no longer in Mississippi and my family doesn't want to have anything to do with me and I don't really want to have anything to do with them. So if they're freaking out, I wouldn't know about it. Bonnie, you're still in contact with your family, and you said you've you've heard these angles before. My family never actually talked about extraterrestrials or aliens or anything like that. What- My uh, family has talked about this for like over ten years. It's like suddenly in the news right now a lot, so I'm sure that there are there is more talk of it. But it's been kind of like a given. Like one day the government's going to roll out aliens. They're not really going to be real. And they're going to use that to control us. And if you look at Revelations, I could see how um, you could interpret some of the beings that are supposed to appear in the end times as like aliens. So maybe that's where they're getting it from. But it's like been this has been a narrative for years and years and years. So I don't think anybody's really freaking out. Thank you so much for the call tonight, Jordy. The book of Revelation has always been interesting to me because it's so clearly and undeniably about the roman empire that i don't know why any modern christian continues to point to it as this upcoming prophecy from from everything i've read about it you know it's very vague and useless as a as a narrative text but from everything i can tell it was about the roman government the roman empire which no longer even exists it was about the roman empire persecuting christians which happened just like the book of Revelation, you know, said it would, but it was happening at the time as well. That's why John was in the Isle of Patmos when he wrote it in the first place. Nobody should think that the Revelation is something that was supposed to be happening in the future, considering the fact that Jesus said that all of these things would happen, would come to pass before he died, or in that generation. So before the generation they were speaking to would die, and then that never happened. So nobody should even listen to the Bible anymore at all anyway. But, but yet here millions of people are. And they generally have no idea what's actually in the Bible, at least in my experience. They have no idea. They, they think there's something about the rapture in the Bible that, you know, this tribulation of Christians. Oh, but it's OK. Christians aren't going to have to go through it because we're going to magically float into the air. It's like, where, where are you getting this? Left Behind isn't a chapter of a book of the Bible. I'm sorry. I don't know how to tell you that. I used to be so afraid that I'd wake up with my parents disappeared or something one day. Brute Force. 
intransigent defiance, adamantine will. These are the hallmarks of the AI tank. These gigantic machines have the firepower of an army, but they also have their own sense of honor and duty. When the world breakers arrive, battle will be joined, planets will shake, and war and peace will never be the same again. World Breakers. Stories from David Weber, Larry Correa, and more. Available August 3rd from BaneBooks.com. It's Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. If you want to weigh in on the discussion, 603-283-6160. With you tonight is Arya, Nikki, and Bonnie. And we were just talking about, um, during the break, well, we were talking before the break, too. But during the break, we were talking about, you know, our religious experiences and things like that. And one of the bigger issues I have with Christianity is just how insidious it is, right? When, when you're a child raised in one of these religions, uh, kindergarten, first grade, preschool, that, that kind of age, it's always just about how much Jesus loves you. But slowly and steadily, as you get older, they start creeping in the horrific aspects of it, where if you were a six-year-old child and you were told, you have to believe in this person or you're going to be tortured for all eternity, that's a horrific thing to tell a child. And Christians recognize this. They recognize that at the basis of their religion, there is this horrible, evil threat that if you don't believe in this thing, you will be tortured for all eternity. And of course, that's not even an accurate assessment of what the Bible actually says. There are three afterlives, essentially, according to the Bible, or three places where one can end up. There's heaven, there is the lake of fire, and there is the bottomless pit. The bottomless pit is reserved strictly for Lucifer. The unsaved souls, so to speak, get thrown into the lake of fire where they cease to exist. Evidently, the lake of fire is like the the volcano in Mordor. where That's where the ring was forged. That's where it can be destroyed. Wow. So that's where souls can be destroyed, evidently. But there's nothing in there. And who's going to be doing the torturing? I, I would love a Christian to call in and let me know, okay, if you believe that there is going to be a hell where people are going to be tortured who is doing the torturing? It's supposed to be demons. Well, the, this is what the, Christians But they're the believe. bad ones. Aren't they supposed to be getting tortured as well? It tortures them to be there, but they're also being able to torture you is what... But I, if they're evil, then that means they're probably sadistic, and that means they're probably enjoying it. Well, they're also, like, burning and stuff. Well, this isn't, like, what I think is a right. fact, by the way. This is just what I always grew up being told, and I, my mom would always read those uh, books, like... 21 minutes in hell i think it's what it's called i read that as a kid and it's terrifying oh my gosh and uh it's about a guy who he was a christian and he like already believed in god but god allowed him to go to hell for only like 24 minutes like when he came back into his body the t- clock had moved for 24 minutes or something like that and, so he uh, had a dream that w- <laughs> i mean realistically I, I even wrote a short story about this called dead or alive where this person is dying and you know they're face to face with god being sentenced to hell because they're an atheist and it's really just the religious programming and their unconscious playing out I mean, as they die. They're uh, essentially dreaming. And that, that's what I imagine most of these stories are. This guy, I don't think he was dying, but he just woke back up. And but I, I'm not even saying this is real, but there's lots right. of stories like this where uh, they go and visit hell and then come back. I was always so sad because there's this one lady that said that she went to hell and she saw Marilyn Monroe, Michael Jackson, Selena... Well, like, why would they go to hell, for one thing, anyways? And, and for another thing, um, 
like she said that she saw a little kid who had ran out in the street and because he disobeyed his mom, that's why God allowed him to be in hell. And he was like a five-year-old. I can't imagine being a part of a religion that would send a five-year-old to hell for disobeying his mother. Yeah. Well, because they're using it as a way to control their children, right? So you have to listen to me or else you're going to go to hell. And, oh you know, God. you have to believe. And it's all just fear tactics to get people to believe in their religion, to be good little boys and girls and worship and listen to their parents and listen to the state and, you know, whatever else. So obvious so. when you think about it, too. It really is. Yeah. And what what are these things called where they where they stage a performance throughout the entire church of a of a person's life from childhood to adulthood and then into the afterlife? I can't remember now what it's called. A judgment house. Is that it? I don't. I've never heard of that. Really? Churches do them all the time. What do you mean stage it? Uh, it, it's a it's a play essentially oh, okay. where they take you from one room to the next and you're watching you know there's a bunch of different actors playing out this person's mm-hmm. life and ultimately i don't remember all the details of it but i did go to see one back when i lived in mississippi in order to support my father who was in one of these and we we went into the room that was supposed to be hell and i watched a grown man kneel down and get in a little kid's face as the mother had her arms wrapped around. I knew both of them. They were good friends of mine. The mother had her arms wrapped protectively around the child who was clearly scared because it was made to be scary. There was fog everywhere, red lights everywhere, music, uh, some cassette player or CD player had people moaning and the sound of whips and stuff like that. Not a terribly good thing to expose, you know, a seven or eight year old to. And this grown man dressed as the devil got down in front of this kid, made eye contact, got inches from his face and said, I can make you turn on your mother. And, oh my God. And, every, wow. and everyone there just acted like this was totally normal. But I couldn't. I said, hey, man, he's just a kid. Leave him alone. And he got in my face and said, you think this is a joke? No, there's nothing funny about what you just did. You need to step back and evaluate yourself because you just terrorized a little child into, into believing. One person got saved that night. And it was that same little kid. Hmm. Terrorized into believing because of this man dressed as the devil and that traumatizes people for life yeah that kid he he will recover eventually i'm sure and he'll probably you know stop being a believer but it was just horrifying to watch this play out and that's ultimately what christianity is they just don't talk about it underlying the entire thing otherwise if there's if there's no threat to not believing god then why bother to believe in the first place but they also act like belief is, belief is something that one can just choose to do. I can't just choose to believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior, right? That's something you either believe or you don't. To act like you can just choose to believe is nonsense. Especially when he never even claimed to be divine except in John, which is like six years older than the other three Gospels. See, I don't know the age of the Gospels very well. I like reading Bart Ehrman's books. He's a like a histor- historian, and he talks about like, oh, this, um, the Bible. This book used to say this up until this century, and then it changed into saying this and stuff like that. Well, there's certainly very little in the modern text that was there in the original. But of course, I don't read Aramaic, so I have no idea what the originals actually said. And I don't re- read Hebrew, so I don't know what the Old Testament said either. I do know, however, that Thomas Paine wrote *The Age of Reason* which is probably one of the best examples of an awesome book that I've ever read. Uh, everyone should read it. <clears throat> and basically, he outlines in there that the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, definitively were not written by Moses. And I mean, he lays out the case over several hundred pages, and it's just 
100% clear, those first five books of the Bible, not written by Moses. But that doesn't stop Christians from making the claim. that He also makes the point that prophesying meant to make music. And now we consider it to be telling the future or whatever, but he lays out his case just you know, you have stories in the Bible of people prophesying with musical instruments, like he prophesied with a lyre, and there were qualities to it. Like, you know, he prophesied well, or he prophesied he prophesies badly. Well, how do you you either tell the future or you don't? Yeah. But it's prophesied just meant to make music. So weird. I've never heard. First of all, I've never heard that Michael. I mean, Thomas Paine made any books about religion. Honestly, I didn't know that, so now I'm interested. To he did. That. It's called The Age of Reason, and I would highly recommend it to anyone. He also wrote uh, The Rights of Man in counter to something that Edmund Burke wrote, and it's also really... Everything that Thomas Paine wrote is fantastic. Uh, and he wrote for The Commoner, whereas Ben Franklin... I can't stand the writing of Benjamin Franklin because he was superfluous, used as many unnecessary words to convey a thought as he could when Thomas Paine got straight to the point. And because of that, Thomas Paine is so much more enjoyable to read. But The Age of Reason is definitely worth reading, as is The Rights of Man, where he points out that, you know, it doesn't matter what tradition says because we're not ruled by the dead. And that there, there's no more insolent of tyrannies, is how he put it, than the one that tries to rule us from the grave. And that's essentially what we have in the United States with, oh, well, we have to obey the Constitution. I was just about to say that, yeah. yeah because that's what they decided in 1776. It's like that. Thomas Paine is right. That is the most insolent of tyrannies to tell us that these dead people who we cannot hold accountable are the ones ultimately ruling over us today. And that runs counter to everything they wrote about in 1776. And they would be horrified to find out that Barack Obama made exactly that argument in response to the secession petitions in 2018 or 2012, whenever it was. Oh, yeah. We already uh, settled that in the Civil War. Yeah. Okay. So dead people settled that. He said, well, it's clear that our founders intended the union to be perpetual. Okay, but what does that have to do with today? Forget them. Because the founders are dead. They're, they they no longer have any say in what we do. What are your thoughts? 603-283-6160. There's more coming up. 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. You can call in, talk about whatever's on your mind, change the subject, or carry on with whatever we've been discussing, because I don't remember now what we were discussing just a moment ago. 603-283-6160 is the number to do that. With you tonight is Aria, Bonnie, and Nikki. And I've got a story here about Bill Cosby. Have have either of you, I'm, I'm sure, Nikki, you're nodding, so you're aware of what's happening, and Bunny, I presume you are as well. Yeah, that he got out of prison. He was released from prison. Now, this convicted rapist, and it seems to be fairly certain that he is, in fact, a rapist, was released from prison on what seems to be a technicality where a former prosecutor said that there wasn't enough evidence, so he wasn't going to prosecute him. But then there was more evidence, so a prosecutor prosecuted him. And the judge ultimately threw it out because the old prosecutor said there hadn't been enough evidence. It's like he doesn't seem to realize that evidence can, you know, come in the future. Right. So, I mean, that's a weird legal loophole. But let's sounds get into like it. Sounds like he gave someone a lot of money and they released him is what that sounds like to me. It's not impossible. Um, 
MSNBC, they, they don't usually have anything worthwhile, but this one is worthwhile. Bill Cosby's release from prison was no win for black America. There's nothing laudable about Cosby's release. Black public opinion on Bill Cosby's release from prison on Wednesday can be summed up in two tweets. The first came from Felicia Rashad, Cosby's on-air spouse during the years he was declared America's dad. That would be during the Cosby show, one of the instances. So weren't there like five different versions of the Cosby show? I don't know. I'm not sure. I thought there was only one. I only remember one, I but I never really watched it a lot. Finally, she says, a terrible wrong is being righted. She ultimately deleted that tweet. Probably a good call. The newly appointed dean of Howard University's College of Fine Arts got an earful from many Twitter followers. So this former actress, evidently, I did not know that. She's the dean of Howard University's College of Fine Arts. But that included the the pushback included Janet Hubert, who played the original Aunt Beeve on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, whose response rounded out the other side of black feelings on the matter. Felicia, what are you thinking? Well, that's pretty vague as well. I mean, it's clearly that she it's clear that she disagrees, but it doesn't actually express an opinion. It's strange that they're spinning this into a race thing. It, it is strange. It is, but that's NBC, MSNBC. That's what the left does, man. Everything ultimately comes down to race. And in my opinion, this doesn't. It was a rapist who should, if we're going to have a prison, then that's probably, if rapists would belong in that prison. I agree. What's weird to me is like one prosecutor says there wasn't enough evidence to prosecute something, then another one does. Okay, there's 50 women. Jerome called in about this, I think, Saturday. And told, like, I didn't hear about this from anyone except until Jerome called in. He said that there was 50 accusers. So, I mean, that should just be one case, right? Or, like... It, it would certainly be a lot of cases. But let's go to the phones. We've got Jet calling. Jet, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, hi. I'm one of hey, those what's on your mind tonight? People. I'm a crazy person. And I'm also a Christian. In what so... way are you crazy? <laughs> Well, because not all Christians are crazy. I want to be clear about that. I may have made it sound that way, but not all Christians are crazy. Well, everybody tells me I'm crazy because I just don't seem to go along with the with the norm. Just don't seem to fall in line with other people who claim to be Christian, but they're you can easily tell that they're not. Anyway, I wanted to. I can relate to that, and my mind was never blown more than it was one year at the Porcupine Freedom Festival when I was on shrooms or LSD or something, and Rich Paul said, "You're a trans Satanist anarchist or something to that effect, or something to that effect, and you must be crazy." And I said, "I'm not the crazy one. Everyone else is crazy for not being Satanist anarchist." And he says, "Well, yes, but every." Every insane person says that they're the only sane one. That's sort of the definition of insanity. In fact, every Christian I know says, oh, well, I'm a real Christian and I can tell when other people aren't real Christians. Like my mom says that. And then I know a person that has said that about my mom. So, Well, I'll help you out. Um, the way you can tell, of course, a real Christian will have what we call the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And You're indwelt. That, and how that manifests itself is in love and peace. So you can pretty much gauge it that way. Anything outside the parameters of love and peace, um, you just cannot uh, claim that you're following the, the, the teachings of Christ. So I mean, Christ was really clear with this whole message about love and peace and 
all of that. I don't know how Christians have contorted it, or I don't know how American Christians at large have contorted it into this thing well, that allows them to drop bombs on people, but... It's, it's the whole thing about uh, certain people wanting to be in control. I mean, this is why most pastors and all that uh, do false teachings, one of, one of which I wanted to bring up the other day. You know, you've heard a lot of people say, we are to give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Well, right. I, like to help, I like to help people you know, think that through, because they automatically start thinking, oh, well, Caesar represents the government, and Caesar then is is the modern-day thing, and I'm going, uh, no, Jesus is cool, okay? He knows, because all other scripture from the uh, Old Covenant and all says that everything is God's, and all things were created for him, by him, and that kind of thing. So when Jesus says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, he knows what he's saying. He's saying nothing is Caesar's. And the way I help people understand that better is to take the $100 bill, which is Ben Franklin, and say, give to Ben Franklin what is Ben Franklin and to God what is God's. You get that? I do. I, I've heard that interpretation before. There's definitely two interpretations of it, and, I mean, they are conflicting. I prefer no, your interpretation not, of it because they, they well, were trying to trick. It's well, absolute. they very much I mean, well, there, it depends on how you interpret it, and that's one of the issues with the Bible. Many interpret it so as being Jesus it. saying. <laughs> you can't interpret that all things are God's. I mean, if, if you know logic at all, all means all. and that's So no, so there's no such thing in Christian dogma as private property? I don't own anything. It all belongs to God? So exactly, I can help myself yeah. to your stuff because it's basically my no, stuff, no, because it's God's no, stuff? Yeah, that's, we're all God's children. Right there. I, I don't think it is, because you don't own anything, so you don't have any property rights. No, we are, yes, we do. We have. We are the... But everything uh, belongs stewards. to God. Yes, that's absolutely right. But we are the stewards of his property, his land. Okay, then I'm the steward of his property, and I can take your stuff, right? <laughs> let's, uh, let's not go around in a circle that, with that one. Let's go with... Um, Let's not go to logical conclusions with that one. (laughs) No, no, there's no, the the logic fails probably on that. Um, I don't think it does, but uh, thank you tonight for the call. Anyway, the other interpretation is that Jesus was saying pay your taxes because the, it's pretty clear for those who don't know the story, uh, someone came up to Jesus. They were trying to bait him into a trap. They said, you know, should we pay our taxes? Jesus asked them whose face is that on the coin to which they said, it's Caesar's, and he said, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. You would, you know, you can interpret that two ways. One is the way of saying that everything is God and Caesar doesn't actually own anything. Or, you know, it's Caesar's face on it, and, you know, that kind of means it's his. But, you know, there's certainly different ways of interpreting it. I, I tend to think that the way that Jet interprets it is correct. I think that's what the point of the story was, but it's also one... I reject, because if God owns everything, then I don't own anything, and there's no prop- room for private property in the Christian dogma. I know that Jet seems to disagree, and he says, oh, no, we still somehow have private property, but everything is God's, but that means it's not yours, right? So, Bonnie, you said it best. Let's Logic and Christianity often don't mix, and that seems to be one of those cases. I certainly am an advocate of private property, and I, most Christians I know are, and I don't know how they reconcile that with the with the notion that everything belongs to God because that means they don't own anything. 
How do you reconcile that if you're a believer out there? Jet just sort of glossed over and said, well, we're stewards. Okay, but it's still God's, right? And I'm the same level of steward that you are, so I can just take your stuff because we're on the same property rights level in God's eyes. But maybe you have a better solution to that. 603-283-6160 is the call in line. I know that Jet doesn't like believe in um, like government and stuff like that just because he's called in before. But, I mean, other people could say that the government has a right to your stuff if they believe in God, then, if, they, if he, you know, you know, thinks about that hard enough. Oh, well, if, as long as the government is a Christian government, then they can take some of your stuff. Well, that's just more evidence how, of how the state is a religion, right? Because everything in the United States is ultimately the property of the United States government. They can seize anything they want at any time they want. And not to mention, you know, they can regulate it, they can restrict it, they can make you get a license for it because it all ultimately belongs to them. Except Bitcoin. Yeah, except Bitcoin. And I mean, they're trying to do something about that. But what are your thoughts on the subject? 603-283-6160. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up. Hour three is up next. Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values? Have you dreamt of a place where liberty-minded people can come together and leave government overreach behind? There are many people just like you that are discovering FreePrivateCities.com. They start at FreePrivateCities.com and connect via the social media links shown there. All skills will be needed when the first of the Free Private Cities open. It's sooner than you think. Stop arguing and build FreePrivateCities.com. FreePrivateCities.com Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. Currently don't have access to the phone, so uh, but 603-283-6160 is the number you can dial to talk with us. Uh, the, the server there is installing updates, so it'll be back up in a moment. The phones are still working, though. With you tonight, it's Aria, Nikki, and Bonnie. And we're talking about Bill Cosby and uh, this person, Rashad, who is evidently the um, the dean at some fine arts school or something like that. And she was one of the actors in the Cosby show celebrating that Bill Cosby was released from prison. And MSNBC is pointing out that this is this is not a win for anyone. Well, except they're not saying that they're saying it's no win for black America. I'm saying it's not a win for anyone. She goes on. Unfortunately, Rashad's thinking appears to be a mirror It appears to mirror a swath of the African-American community who think justice was done on Wednesday. Crosby's sentence being overturned is a tragedy for the women he allegedly sexually abused. Well, wasn't he convicted? So, I mean, it's no longer really alleged. And do we really think that 50 women were lying about this? I certainly don't. But it is also, in a sense, tragic for the people who continue to support him blindly. Like her, their reputations suffer in their continued support of a predator without remorse. They keep using the word alleged. I'm just going to skip over that because... From what I can tell, he was a rapist. Pretty so, clear evidence of that. Yeah. I mean, it, it would probably be difficult to get 50 women to come forward and say that if it wasn't true. In their mind, Cosby is a symbol of respectability politics in the African-American community. But he is a rapist. 
when there's nothing respectable about that. For those who continue to support him because he once told listeners to pull their pants up, let me clue you in. He really doesn't like us. This is weird. What does that mean? He told listeners to pull their pants up. Well, he he was he did some speech, some video, some interview or something where he was telling black kids to pull their pants up. Apparently, I don't know. Abstinence, uh, abstinence thing. No, or you know the whole he was talking about sagging pants. Yeah, sagging pants. Okay. Actually, I do have that article here, so that that seems like that's going to be more interesting. This this is how we lost to the white man. The audacity of Bill Cosby's black conservatism. Uh, no, it's just a very, very long opinion piece, but I, I don't want to get into it. So he doesn't really like us, this author says, which caused me to check to see whether or not the author is black, because you never know with leftists, but she is. We are a means to an end. We exist in his imaginary morality play of his life. there to joke about, abuse and deride. He looks to us to provide the support and cover that he, as a former convicted sexual abuser, should not receive. This may sound harsh, considering Cosby was a major philanthropist to African-American schools and college causes, but I submit his continual gaslighting, proclaiming his innocence, and his infamous, infamous pound cake speech suggest otherwise. I don't know what pound cake speech is, but uh, evidently he gave a pound cake speech. Is it anything like a corn pop speech? It's short, so here, here it is. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Bill Cosby. I really have to ask you to seriously consider what you've heard, and now this is the end of the evening, so to speak. I heard a prize fight manager say to his fellow who was losing badly, David, don't, David, listen to me. It's not what he's doing to you. It's what you're not doing. Ladies and gentlemen, these people set. They opened the doors. They gave us the right. And today, ladies and gentlemen, in our cities and public schools, we have 50% dropout. In our own neighborhood, we have men in prison. No longer is a person embarrassed because they're pregnant without a husband. No longer is a boy considered an embarrassment if he tries to run away from being the father of an unmarried child. Why do they call that the... I think people do still consider that embarrassing, but I don't think that it should be embarrassing to be pregnant without a husband. But I think people do still... I would consider it kind of like, ugh, that's, un, you know, like not a good thing, uh, a good quality if, like, you know, somebody, like my son, I don't have a son, was, you know, running away from a woman that was pregnant. Like, you at least do something about it. Like, you know, decide on, an, you know, an abortion if you're going to do that. Well, and a lot of people still think that having a child out of wedlock is undesirable. So, sure. Cosby's scam was drugging the African-American community into thinking he was a paragon of respectability and moral behavior, all while allegedly drugging and sexually abusing women. Vilifying young black men in the community seems to have been just one more cruel thrill for him. So he was talking about his, like, he was talking about the black community when he said those things. Okay, I get it now. Sorry, I but was it's a not lost. a it's not a black problem. I mean, the, the prison population, that, that is a black problem, but that's not really because of anything black people did. It's just because that's how the institution is set up to predominantly target black men and other minorities. So, I mean, there's really nothing they can do about that except to change the, the discriminatory police state that we're in. But the rest of it, the sagging pants, the, the unmarried children, I mean, the unmarried parents thing, the fatherless child children, that, that's a poor person issue. I mean, that's dominant in the South. I, mean, I think the state of Mississippi has the lowest pregnancy average age or something like that. I don't remember what, but it has the highest number of pregnant 16-year-olds in the country. 
And it's not be, and it's because of a culmination of a lot of issues like poverty and really, really bad sex education, non-existent for the most part. And where it does exist, it, it just is abstinence education. They don't teach you anything that would actually help you avoid getting pregnant. It also has the highest rates of, you know, syphilis and gonorrhea and other things like that because they don't teach people how to avoid those things. And that leads to teen pregnancies and, you know, 17-year-old fathers who aren't prepared for that responsibility, so they, they ghost the mother or whatever. Th- those aren't black issues. Those are American issues. Yep, that's definitely something that you hear about with white people all the time. So Crosby promoted those moral norms as part of his persona, developed and honed during his time on The Crosby Show. Regarded as a moral force, his philanthropy and moral screeds were just an extension of the character of Cliff Huxtable. But as we all know, art does not necessarily imitate life. Until Hannibal Buress called out Cosby in his comedy act, people whispered or spoke about his alleged abuse, either by blaming it on women who went to his home or that they, quote, knew what was going to happen to them. It was an open secret. Cosby himself said drugs and fame helped him seduce women. Wow. Wow. I mean, why why did they refer to him as an alleged sex offender here? I mean, when he literally admitted it. Well, Trump said the same thing that. Fame helped him seduce women. Yeah, but he didn't say drugs helped him. Oh, I didn't. And that was a big thing with the Crosby case that he was drugging women. Wow. Before, you know, he did whatever. So and this is just another example of victims not being believed when they come forward about sexual assault. And it happens all the time. It does. For the black community, I hope it creates a discussion about how the norms of respectability can damage people. Well, the issue here was that he is an illusion of respectability. You know, people were convinced because he presented himself as this fine, upstanding figure in the Cosby show that Bill Cosby, the actor was as noble and had the integrity of Cliff Huxtable when no Bill Cosby is an actor. Cliff Huxtable is a character. It's like confusing Elijah Wood with the character, Harry Potter. No, I don't expect Elijah Wood to magically conjure up a Patronus. That's not, that's not his Daniel name, Radcliffe. Yeah, they look so similar. Yeah, they kind of so, do. Yeah, Daniel Radcliffe is the name I was looking for. But I don't expect him to... Who, who was the other guy I said? Elijah Wood. Yeah, he was uh, Frodo, right? Yeah. In, in the Lord of the Rings movies, yeah. But we don't expect him to be a hobbit either, so... No. <laughs> Man, I bet I just made so many people mad on the internet. <laughs> So respectability requires acquiescence to societal norms, many of which are carved out of racism and abuse. I don't know if I agree with that, but it's MSNBC, so who knows. Cosby's role as actor, comedian, and philanthropist blinded many in our community to the fact that he was allegedly abusing women. Why why are they using the word allegedly again? I swear to God that word appears at least six times in this article, even though they just pointed out that Cosby himself said that drugs helped him seduce women. Well, you're not seducing women, Cosby, when you drug them. That's... Literally not seduction, that's drugging and raping. Because he became the paragon of a successful black man, supporting his family both on and off the screen, many looked to him as proof that black people in America were worthy of respect and adoration. But fame alone didn't make the community embrace Cosby despite his failings as a moral actor and human being. Racism plays a part in this as well. I'm not sure how, but we're going to get into it because it's always about racism with the left. What are your thoughts? 603-283-6160. You can join the discussion or change the subject. This is Free Talk Live.
It's Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160 if you want to join the discussion. We're talking about Bill Cosby and, the, I mean, the fact that he's very clearly a rapist who was drugging women. He even said, apparently, they, they linked it here, but I didn't go into it because a lot of the stuff that they're linking to are just opinion pieces that aren't. Like, I, I clicked the pound cake speech to find out why they called it the pound cake speech. And there was just this excerpt there that had nothing whatsoever to do with pound cakes. So I can't imagine that other link is going to be any more helpful. But they're, they're painting it all as a matter of race. And I don't really agree with that. It seems to me like pretty hardcore race baiting. The issue doesn't really have anything to do with race. It's just a guy, a, a famous actor was a rapist and got off on a technicality, from what I can tell. I mean, I don't ever remember anybody pointing to the Cosby show to be like, see, black people are respectable. Yeah, I certainly never heard that either. But let's go to the phones. We've got Jill calling from Richmond. Jill, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes, as I understand it, he was convicted in court, right? So... Uh, that does I mean, seem to be the case. Something about the trial was unfair. I don't know what it was at this point. I'm depressed about it because I liked Bill Cosby. That is past tense. I liked him on I Spy. I liked the stand-up routines. I liked the sort of person he portrayed. But that's the thing about an actor. He's able to portray something that doesn't mean that's what he really is. And it's a sad thing. And that's how it goes somehow, sometimes. It is sad, and uh, thank you for the call tonight. It, it's definitely sad because that was the image I had of Bill Cosby, right? I mean, he he was so representative of a good, upstanding person. Like, I grew up watching the Cosby show, and he, he was an awesome father figure. He was an awesome person in the show. And he often portrayed himself that way in, in real life, you know, presenting himself as a respectable, admirable person. Ultimately, though, that's not true. And, you know, it's tragic for the people who did look up to Bill Cosby as someone who was uh, Cliff Huxtable instead of, you know, not an actor. I mean, instead of an actor who was playing Cliff Huxtable. You should be careful. That's why uh, Mark David Chapman killed John Lennon, because he said he was a phony from what he portrayed himself to be. Well, just kidding. Cosby is definitely a phony. I mean, he's. But, I mean, he's an actor, so he's by definition a phony, right? It's true. But according to MSNBC, racism plays a part in this as well. The history of white women's roles in falsely accusing black men of rape also plays a role in this little tale. I, or is she saying that those women are being, you know, lying? Not the women, not the 50 women here, but, I mean, it's true that, you know, especially in the South in the early 20th century and probably prior to that, that white women would accuse black black men of having raped them, even though it wasn't true. Absolutely. But what does that have to do with Bill? I don't see how that could have something to do with Bill Cosby's case unless she's trying to say that these women are liars. I don't think that's what she's saying. I think she's just saying that, you know, it's it's it feels less likely that people would take white women seriously for making these allegations, considering that historically white women were making these sorts of allegations falsely. But again, this goes back to letting the past be the past and, you know, yeah, not not painting modern times in a historical light. Yeah, yeah. exactly. For many African-Americans, the white women who accused Cosby were lying. They remember the history of black men being lynched because of false allegations. 
when the New York Magazine covered featuring 35 women who accused Cosby of rape or sexual assault came out, it was a revelation to many that black women were included among them. Which brings me to my last and important point. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court overturning Cosby's conviction is a blow to all sexual abuse survivors, but especially for black women. I, I don't know why especially. I hope she makes the case here, but I don't think she's going to. If anything, she just said that you shouldn't believe someone unless a black woman is the one accusing. She did sort of imply that, didn't she? You, you shouldn't believe a white woman saying that she was raped by a black man because she's white and he's black. So she did sort of allude to that. Black women are more likely to underreport, despite the fact that 18% of black women will undergo a sexual assault in their lifetime. High-profile recent cases such as R. Kelly's arrest after the release of a six-part series on Lifetime about his decades-long alleged abuse of women. I got to search real quick to see how many times the word alleged is actually in this article because it's, from what I can tell, R. Kelly's crimes weren't alleged either. I guess correctly, it is six six times in this article that the word alleged appears and they used it repeatedly at, to refer to Cosby's actions after he said, apparently, that he was drugging women. So anyway, after his decades-long abuse of women or allegations, I didn't search for allegations. I'm sure that's in here a lot as well. I guess Russell Simmons in the movie On the Record detail how black women are sexually abused as well by rich and famous black men. Yet there are some in our community who are still willing to let black girls and women shoulder the blame for the transgressions of men disgusting so while felicia rashad and scores of other black people are happy that cosby is out i am not there is no middle ground for rapists of any color creed or sex they are predators they are anathema they are unfit for praise well i certainly agree with that part of the article that should have been her tune the whole time because i was about to make a point that you know that this article is just making a weird point about race when it should just be saying that rapists you know, shouldn't, you know, be doing that to people and people shouldn't be afraid to come forward with their allegations. Well, it's MSNBC, right? They're hard left and they they ultimately make everything about race on MSNBC. If you go to MSNBC.com, you're going to see two things. You're going to see a lot of Trump bashing because they're obsessed with Trump. They talk about Trump more than any other news outlet out there. Still? Yes, still. (laughs) And if they're not doing that, they're talking about how the GOP is destroying America. And if it's not that thing, then it's going to be something about race every single time. While the legal system may have freed Cosby, he is forever branded in my mind and the minds of millions of others. He is unfit for praise. He is unfit for polite or impolite company. And no one should ever consider him American's dad again. I certainly agree. I mean, but it's not because he's black or white or whatever color he is. It's because he's, he, he raped people, at least 35 women, apparently. And that makes you unfit to be in my company at the very least. Not an advocate of the U.S. prison system, but there is a prison system. And the fact that Ross Ulbricht remains in prison for two life sentences plus 40 years for creating a website, but Bill Cosby, who raped 35 women, gets released on a technicality, just tells me everything I need to know about the American justice system. There's no justice in it whatsoever. It's just arbitrary rulers doing whatever it is that they want, releasing whoever they want, and punishing whoever they want. And it's not just uh, Ross Ulbricht. There are plenty of people. Julian Assange ran a website, published stuff. And because of that, the U.S. wants to extradite him from the United Kingdom to here so that they can throw him into prison for the rest of his life. As they, you know, again, want to do with Edward Snowden, who 
made the wise decision to leave the United States and instead, you know, repatriate himself. I think he repatriated to Russia. I don't know I exactly. I think so too, yeah. But, I mean, he, he left the United States because the United States government would go after him. But meanwhile, this guy who raped 35 women, he gets off just fine. What are your thoughts on this? Is this really proof, as I'm saying, that the American prison system and justice system are just completely broken? 603-283-6160. More coming up. 603-283-6160. When a lunar observatory detects a radio broadcast originating from Proxima Centauri, the nations of Earth discover their first contact with an alien race may also be their last. With the Proximans facing an extinction-level disaster, Earth must choose between sending a ship on a multi-year journey or allowing nature to take its course. Saving Proxima, a hard science fiction thriller by Travis S. Taylor and Les Johnson. From BaneBooks.com. It's Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160 if you want to join the discussion. That's 603-283-6160. And, God, the new puppy learning new rules, knocking stuff off the table because she's crawling under there. And I want to say thank you to Spartacus, who is tonight's amplifier. This means Spartacus is a member of the AMP program. Now, you can join it for just five bucks a month. That's all we ask. And it gets you in. Spartacus, however, chooses to give at least $25 per month because Spartacus is a platinum level amplifier. But again, we don't ask that. It's just five bucks per month. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. You can find out more about it at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. So if you like the show, if you want to help us reach a au- larger audience with the ideas of liberty, then the AMP program is the best way to do that. You can find out more about it and join at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones. We've got Stuart calling from Richmond. Stuart, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, yes, sir. I was listening to a program about Bill Cosby. I think you guys got a lot of that stuff. You kind of wet about some of the things they said about Cosby. Why did these women wait 40 years to come across with a story about them being molested or sexually abused or whatever? Don't you think that some of this stuff was possibly they consented? They wanted to be popular. They wanted to say, well, oh, yes, I know Bill Cosby. He's a good friend of mine. I went to his hotel room. We did this. We did that or the other. I don't understand how they wait so long and then they come. All of a sudden, all these women, all of a sudden, they're, they're victims of, a, of this terrible uh, monster Bill Cosby. Well, I had to like Bill Cosby. I got a bunch of his records. The guy was cool. The guy had plenty of talent. And I think that these women waited too long to come across with their stories. And my last and only final comment, baby, you can't be a racist, man. If you're going to be a racist, brother, you've got to have a Ferrari. If you don't have a Ferrari, you can't be a racist in this country. Did you get, did you get that? I got that from Bill Cosby, too. You follow me on that? You got a little bit wet on that. Why Why would you wait all those years to come across all these stories, but Bill Cosby did this to me, or Bill Cosby? He'd have to be working eight days a week, 24 hours a day, just to satisfy all these women. Why did they come across with all these stories then? Why did they wait all these years? Well, I don't I mean, think you'd have to be working eight days a week to rape 35 women. I know people who have had sex with hundreds and hundreds of people. Yeah, Stuart, he didn't have to satisfy these women because he drugged them 
and then rape them. I, I don't think satisfying yeah, them was. You know, you know, you know, this stuff. Like, so a lot of it was consensual. Why do you wait all of these years though before you decide to come up and tell people what actually happened? What you what you're saying? That I'll Bill tell you why. Allegedly did you people? So a lot why of women are used the- to. Hold on, she's going to give you an answer. So a lot of women don't come forward because they're so used to. Well, one, it's embarrassing. And two, a lot of women are so used to, you know, the stigmas that are attached to that and just the fact that people don't believe them. So a lot of women feel powerless in those situations and they don't feel able to come forward. But once one woman comes forward, two women come forward, then they start to feel like maybe they'll be believed in that there are they feel less alone in what happened to them. So that could be a reason why they waited so long to come forward. Very good point. And um, if I'm understanding this correctly, Stuart, are you saying that you don't believe these 35 women? Are you still with but us? Not all of them. Oh, not some I hit hold again. Okay, but you don't believe some of them. So you agree that Bill Cosby yeah. is a rapist? No, sir, I do not. I do not. I think that it was possible. But you believe some, some of the somebody. women. Somebody consented. Some some woman somewhere said, "Well, maybe I'll do this, maybe because they wanted to be popular. Because you know, Bill Cosby was a big guy. He was a big star, man. And they and then a little time went by. You 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 know, you feel guilty about what happened. So then, well, I'm gonna go and tell everybody what really happened and what Bill Cosby really did to me. I mean, the guy just doesn't come across to me as being a rapist. You know. Okay, so Stuart, you don't believe any of these women, right? You don't no, believe any I, of them. I, I might believe some of them, but I don't believe all of these women. He well, so then be- he's a rapist. If you believe even one of these women, then he's a rapist. No, he wasn't rapist. I still say there was some consent on some of those women's part as to what happened to those women. I but mean, you I believe some of the women, women, and all of the women claim that he raped them. I think he's saying even the ones that got raped, there was some consent because they were there. I mean, well, consent is consent. It's not a gray being, area. It's pretty black and white. Did you consent or did you not? Yeah. Sometimes you you uh, you would consent to this or that or the other, and then maybe when this thing starts transpiring, then you want to change your mind and maybe you want to go in another direction. I'm not. Yeah, and if someone happens. continues when that happens, it's rape. Well, I, I don't think he raped all these women. I mean, I think that there was some consent. Did he rape any of them? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know whether they did or not. So, so you don't believe any of the women? That's correct. Okay. Thank, thank you for the call tonight, Stuart. I thought that that was a Alex Jones impression at first. I mean, he talked so quickly that I did not catch most of what he said at the yeah. beginning, but I got the gist of it. And, you know, what, what he's doing is exactly what the author of that MSNBC article talked about. is that they hold the character that Bill Cosby played in such high light. And he did play this person to a bit off the camera. The show as well, you know, presenting himself as an actor who was presentable and respectable and humble and all of these other inspiring things that we should look up to. But in the reality, that was just a lie. It was just an illusion. And uh, he, the color there showed a tremendous amount of resistance to recognizing that and to recognizing the conflict between believing some of these women, even if you only believe one of these women, that still makes Bill Cosby a rapist. Now, it doesn't matter if they consented to it, and while it was ongoing on, they changed their mind, and he continued, that's still rape. But also, like, some of them were drugs, so he's just a, an a-hole or, who obviously doesn't really know what he's talking about. I found it fascinating he that he was unwilling to say that he didn't believe any of the women, although everything he said proved that he doesn't believe any of them. Because, again, 
even one of them telling the truth, then Cosby's a racist. I mean, a rapist. You know, I really, really liked Kevin Spacey before it came out that he probably raped. I mean, I don't really know all the details. So that's why I'm saying probably, probably raped a bunch of young boys. But as soon as I found that out, I was like, ew, I don't like him anymore. I don't know anything about Kevin Spacey. What was he in? I know I've heard the name before. American Beauty and uh, House of Cards. Never seen either of them. Well, he I don't know why I really liked him. Like, I just thought he was like, I don't know, kind of a handsome older man. But that's also kind of like a theme in American Dad. I mean, not American Dad, American Beauty. And I just thought he was like a cool Americana type actor. I just liked him. Okay. He was, I wasn't like his biggest fan or something. But then he came out. Or it came out that he apparently was raping young boys like throughout his whole career. And it's not like I was just like, no, no, I still like him. Like, I can't imagine being like that. I would just, nope, I don't like him anymore. That's weird. Yeah, it's very strange. And, you know, I hope that the caller, whose name I've already forgotten because I'm not very good at my job, but, you know, reflects on what he was just saying about how he believes some of the women, but yet he doesn't believe that Bill Cosby is a rapist when all of the women were alleging that Bill Cosby is a rapist. And Bill Cosby himself evidently said that, you know, drugs helped him seduce women. What, whatever that means. I mean, that's his warped under, that's how warped Bill Cosby's understanding of the world is that he thinks that drugs helped him seduce women. So he, he doesn't even consider himself to be a rapist. I can't imagine having, doing the uh, mental gymnastics necessary to say something like that to me. To me, the correct way of saying that would be drugs helped me rape women. But to Cosby, it's seduce women. Well, that's not seduction, dude. That's rape. Yeah, if you need drugs to get someone to have sex with you, then that's not consent and that's not seducing them. That's No, it's, it's so bizarre that anyone would ever even utter that statement. But it, it does show how warped Bill Cosby's mindset really is from the fame and the wealth and the power that he's had for so many decades where he doesn't even consider drugging someone to be anything but seduction. The caller also kept saying that maybe these women wanted to come out with these stories because it would make them popular. And I have to say that I don't think anybody got really popular after saying Bill Crosby raped me in the 80s. Cosby. I kept saying, I I kept almost doing that as well. Crosby is the guy who owns Rogers Campground. Maybe that's why I said that. he's awesome. Uh, but yes, I, I say the word Crosby a lot more than I say Cosby, and I had to repeatedly, every time I said the word Cosby, not accidentally say Crosby. What are your thoughts on Bill Cosby? Do you believe any of the women? Do you believe all of the women? I tend to believe them. You know, uh, to me, that seems to be the rational approach here. But maybe you disagree. 603-283-6160. You can weigh in. 603-283-6160. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. Been talking about Bill Cosby and the unwillingness of people to to recognize that Bill Cosby, the actor, is not the same as the character he portrayed himself as throughout most of his career. Worth mentioning, however, is that the and there's not really much to say about it, but you know, it's news and it's apparently big and it's worth talking about. The Haitian president whose name is I'm not going to attempt to pronounce, has been assassinated at his home, evidently, leading someone to briefly serve as prime minister or leaving the prime minister to serve as the interim president. That's weird. They don't usually have both a prime minister and a president. 
Yeah, usually it's one or the other, I thought, but... Now I'm, I'm, I've never wondered what sort of government system they use in Haiti, but now just knowing they have a prime minister and a president, I'm curious about that. But let's go to the phones. We've got David calling from New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, there's actually a, an aspect of that Bill Cosby case that I think you're missing. Um, you're, I mean, you're correct on a bunch of stuff, but you got one thing uh, what I would say backwards, and that's that he didn't get off on technicality. He was... Uh, it was actually the reverse. He was wrongfully thrown into jail, prison. And, th- and, and in a way, I, and I'll tell you, this actually pertains to your current situation, Arya, so it's, it should be uh, helpful to your legal thinking in managing your own case. And that is that um, the prosecutor in uh, the, that case, that particular case regarding Cosby, did not have enough evidence to take that to trial and expect to reasonably expect to get a conviction. And knowing that the prosecutor decided not to prosecute, especially since uh, Cosby agreed, made an agreement with the prosecutor that he would uh, uh, testify in a civil suit, giving the victim uh, potential um a compensation for damages in a civil court, meaning monetary damages. And uh, there was, so there was an agreement made, and the prosecution uh, broke that contract. They violated that contract. They breached it and prosecuted him anyway, even after they had agreed uh, that they would not uh, prosecute him for that. And there's another. But there were two prosecutors. Uh, uh, it was the previous prosecutor who came to that agreement with uh, Cosby, and it was a newer po- prosecutor who came along and said, "Oh no, there's enough evidence here. We're going to pursue this." Right. Well, there's three. There's three. Well, uh, yes, but there are three uh, points on that subject. One is that the the new prosecutor prosecutor actually had a vendetta against the previous prosecutor which uh, is a conflict of interest in, in, making, in that, making that decision uh, or even sure. in that prosecutor being uh, appointed. And uh, secondly, uh, in the, the, uh, the court case that resulted, they allowed uh, additional um, witnesses, hostile witnesses, that were previously excluded. Um, and so there was uh, uh, an issue of whether or not he got a fair trial, even though he wasn't supposed to have a trial at all. When they did put him to trial, um, there were unfair techniques used against him uh, in trial. And there's a there's a third point as well. And I and I had it, but I lost it. Um, uh, and it was fairly important. Let's see. He, uh I mean, I will certainly agree that it sounds like the prosecutors didn't play fair according to the rules that the U.S. government has set up that the prosecutors are supposed to play by. You know, if they had an agreement with them. I I remembered what the other point was. Uh, It's irrelevant uh, that it's one prosecutor or another prosecutor. The second prosecutor, by virtue of being a new and second prosecutor, doesn't get to change previous agreements. Those previous agreements are binding. And the prosecutors, as individual employees of the state, are not the state. And it's the state that entered into a contract, and so the subsequent prosecutor doesn't necessarily get to do something different because, by virtue that, he's a new prosecutor. It's still the same state. That was my other point. 
But the state didn't agree to anything. The prosecutor claiming to be, you know, an agent of the state agreed to it. And I, I think that's an important distinction to make. This, the prosecutor yeah, but called not himself a state. One. One, what matters is what the law recognizes. In, the law, in this case, the law doesn't recognize what you said. The law will recognize what I said, and that is that the, there was a binding agreement. Just like in your case, if you happen to take a plea agreement, that's a binding agreement. It's the same thing. It's a different type of agreement, but it's still binding. And so, for instance, if you took a plea agreement, which I'm not saying you're going to do, but if you did, would you be unhappy when they threw you in prison anyway when you had made a plea agreement to not go to prison? Would that bother you? I've already admitted that the prosecutors didn't play by the rules that the U.S. government had set up for them to play by. I don't know what else you want from me. I don't want anything else from you. I'm just calling to I'm just calling to give you that information because the and it should be it should be good news to you because you know uh, sometimes uh, good precedent is set by bad people. Um, and and but and the fact that this is exposed, it's your government, which you you agree with and you preach. It's not, your, your it's government not my government. Screws, your, well, well, let's not let's not pick nits. The government screws people. Okay, and in this case, they Bill Cosby may have screwed some women, but in this case, the government screwed Bill Cosby in a way that if they got away with it, could allow the government to screw you as well. And that's why hey, I'm saying um, that sometimes. Yeah, David, do you do you know since um, he's out of prison now, does that mean that he gets like the original agreement is going to be um, honored? Because if I were one of these women, I would honestly rather like get money from him. Not saying like, um, like because money, ha ha ha. I'm just saying like it seems more like you'd get some type of restitution for getting money out of this than for him just going to jail. Like that doesn't help me. But if he goes to jail, he can't do it to anyone else. Yeah, but he's so really, that's... really old. Yeah, yeah old that's people do. Yeah. Uh, my question was, is his old agreement going to be honored now? Like, that he was going to give money to that one or those people? Do you know? I, believe I don't was. know enough I believe that money was paid. I believe that money was paid long ago. Oh. But that was to one woman in particular. Now there's 35 oh. of them. So what? what about that particular side of all of this? There may not have been enough evidence back then. But now there's 35 women coming forward, and that's a much greater amount of evidence. I mean, already right. agreeing that the prosecutors agreed not to prosecute, so they're already breaking the rules. But what about those circumstances where they don't have evidence initially, but then later they do? The, well, new evidence is always, under law, new evidence uh, uh, allows for a new trial if there is new evidence that... Uh, is uh, uh, likely or probably or possibly or has a good chance of resulting in a conviction. So, yes, new evidence allows for a new trial. Thank you for the call tonight, David. You know, I I agree entirely that, you know, if the U.S. government is going to maintain its if, – if it wants to maintain any credibility, then it has to play by the rules that it has said it is going to play by. That said – the U.S. government hasn't played by the Constitution since 1776 or whenever it was written. I think it was 1778 or whatever. And I don't or 80. Actually, I think it was in the 1780s. I don't know. I'm not a history major and I don't really care because I wasn't alive then. And the Constitution kind of sucks anyway. But the U.S. government has never played by the rules that it laid out that it was going to play by. It's good to see examples of it doing so. It's good to see that the, the real reason is that, that this prosecutor, you know, more evidence came forward. 
And that's why these newer prosecutor went after them. It's not that cut and dry. The old prosecutor actually reached an agreement with Bill Cosby not to prosecute. And that's not what I had read in these stories about it. I had read that, you know, the the old prosecutor simply didn't go after him because there wasn't enough evidence. And I was like, okay, well, that's understandable. But now there's more evidence. However, it was part of a plea agreement. So I wonder if there's going to be a new trial or if this is all just dropped and that's the end of it or. Well, I don't think there can be a new trial now. And I think that was the reason that he got released. Well, there was a new trial and he was presumably convicted and sentenced to prison. And that's been thrown out because because there was already a plea deal. Yeah. And that he should have never gone to trial in the first place about it. So all the women's cases are lumped together. But that is also weird um, because a lot of these charges didn't even exist back then. Right. I mean, was Bill Cosby charged um, back when they first made this plea agreement? Was Were there 35 women then? Because each count of rape, it seems, would be its own separate charge. Yeah, you would think so. So how could a prosecutor have just blanketed, okay, well, because that's dangerous. Think about that precedent. That means Bill Cosby can go out there and continue raping and drugging as many women as he wants and can't be prosecuted for it. Yeah. Oh, God. So that's like saying, you know, raping one person or raping 35 is the same. It's not the same. It's yeah. clearly worse to rape more people. And now that they've agreed not to prosecute him for it, it's like a blank slate. Here, do whatever you want. We can't prosecute you. That's actually horrifying. Well, that's it for tonight's show, but we're online in the meantime. You can find us at freetalklive.com and you can chat with us if you'd like at chat.freetalklive.com. It is a decentralized matrix server. No one can sit you there. Chat.freetalklive.com. The Crypto Six are preparing to defend ourselves against the state. On March the 16th of this year, the federal government came after Free Talk Live. They raided the studio. They arrested several of our hosts, one of whom, Rich Paul, also known as Nobody, remains in custody. They picked us thinking that they would find easy targets. Man, were they wrong, because we do not intend to back down. Visit TheCrypto6.com to find out how you can join the war for freedom and financial liberty. Bitcoin isn't a crime. Cryptocurrency isn't a crime. Don't let the powers that be take control of cryptocurrency and establish the likes of Coinbase, Gemini, and Kraken as the next JP Morgan, Bank of America, and Wells Fargo. Keep cryptocurrency decentralized and beyond the control of the federal government. Go to TheCrypto6.com to learn more about how you can join this fight. TheCrypto6.com.